1: everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. As always, we appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself on the BMW Des Moines guest list. We will begin in about 25 minutes. Tommy Birch covers Iowa State women's basketball and we are going to have Tommy on to talk about The other Iowa State team that is in the Sweet 16, Creighton, Iowa State, collide Friday night, 8.30, the tip for that one. Birchie's covered the team all year long, so we will uh, pick Tommy's brain on what lies ahead for Fenley's Bunch as they move into uh, Sweet 16. We'll also do some baseball with Birchie. As he, uh, he's a, a really good baseball mind. Uh, so he'll join us first. Uh, as we said yesterday, Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa, the Minnesota Wild, beg your pardon, formerly the Iowa Wild, is in town for uh, a little week's recharging of the batteries, if you will, and he'll join us to talk about the team yesterday that I went on record as saying a legitimate Stanley Cup contender at 22-1 to at DraftKings. Get it while you can.
2: Get it while you can. I jumped aboard with you.
1: a boy. I think yeah. you should. You Look, here's the, if, they, if even if they don't win, I think you're going to get a run for your money. And that's all you can ask, right? Get, give me a run for my money. Uh, and I think they'll do just that. Uh, so he will join us uh, to talk about the new look Minnesota Wild at 1045. Good NHL uh, segment um, with, with uh, Joe O'Donnell. So if you like hockey... I anticipate you'll like that block at 10.45. At 11.05, we're going to get into the Big 12 and the three teams still standing with our friend Matt Postens, who's a really good basketball mind, over at com. Look forward to catching up with Matt Postons. Uh, we talk to him uh, essentially year-round, but uh, I think his strength is basketball. He's good at football, mm-hmm. but he's really good at, uh, at college hoops. And then David Kaplan. Who had to push back uh, to eleven thirty? So we'll accommodate that with Cappy. We will touch on Chicago sports. I'm sure the Bulls will come up. They just can't be a good team. No, not at all. It's I mean, it's a, it's remarkable. What did they see? They're Owen, Owen sixteen, Owen eighteen against the top three teams in the NBA. Is that what it is? Something crazy, Trent. That's ugly. Yeah, it sure is. So we'll do that. Obviously the Cubs and the White Sox will be a big talker, some Bears conversation, maybe some college basketball. His bracket was destroyed because as as we got ready to sign off with Cappy last week. Remember what he said? You want a hot take? Iowa to the Final Four. Whoops! Whoops! Indeed. And a couple hours later. Well, I guess it was a day later. Um, we we know what happened. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the lineup today on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Not a lot to recap from
2: last night. What did you watch last night? A little nit. Did I you? Was on both those games. I was on both the. Dogs. Were they entertaining? At least is nit basketball. Yeah. I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's it's hard to get uh, entertained. Watch a little Bulls Bucks last night for a little bit and. Late in the evening. what? Oh, I'm uh, watching that Lakers HBO show. With oh,
1: Jeff. yeah, the one that... Uh, what's the guy on Twitter? Jeff Perlman. Yes. He yeah.
2: wrote... Do you know his story, Jeff Perlman? Uh just know him as an author. Well, he... Um he covered the '86 Mets when yes, when he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's got to be very young at the time because he was a big part of that documentary that yes. we saw the '30 for '30 on which the was phenomenal. <laughs> yes, it was. God, that was a good took documentary. us back an era, didn't it? It yeah. really
1: did. And some of the stuff you forget. Oh my God, they just what a, what a team that they were. But well, that was good, Trent. That was really good. But yeah, that's where. Um, that's where I guess he made came into prominence, if you will, in in, in that uh,
2: realm. So, so what did you think of it? Because I haven't watched a second of it. I've, What's it called? Uh, Showtime. Well, Showtime was the name of the book. They couldn't, for purposes, because it's HBO, and oh. who's their biggest competitor, if at least for the high-tier cable package, Showtime. So they didn't call it Showtime. They call point. it Winning Time? I don't even remember. It's a, I, just, it's really, I never even thought of it I that. didn't either. And I heard Pearlman on an interview, uh-huh. when he said that was the reason behind it, that HBO didn't want to call it Showtime, mm-hmm. which probably makes sense. Yeah, no, their, it absolutely makes sense. We gonna to go to HBO to watch a show called Showtime? <laughs> yeah, you, you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> I've been really entertained by it. I love John C. Riley. I, I think he is hilarious. He plays Dr. Bust. Mm-hmm. does a great job of it. So there's no actual footage in this? No. And when you look at it's the basketball It's all made for scenes, TV. Or the guy that plays Magic, yeah, yeah. He is just an actor. Okay. Can he play? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, he's alright. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an actor playing mm-hmm. basketball, but he's okay. The guy that plays Kareem, really good. And the mannerisms that, that both Magic and Kareem, the actors that are portraying them have, it's incredible. And the mm-hmm. Dr. Bus stuff, I mean, he was a playboy and everything mm-hmm. else, and I've really been, I'm more entertained than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be a little hokey. And it's cheesy at times and mm-hmm. goofy and funny. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I'm only about two and a half episodes in. I think there's three that are out right now. So one and a half in, I should say.
1: Uh, yeah, I know it started like three weeks ago. Speaking of Playboy, did you see the documentary on, uh, is it A&E 265? Two, on, on direct? That sounds v? right, yeah.
2: I think it is. I don't get there very often.
1: No, nor do I. But I came across this, and I um, and it's a series. Good God, those people should all be in jail. I mean, they should all, Hugh Hefner and his whole group of. I mean, this should be Cosby, Jim Brown, Hall of Famer, best running back. You'll look at him differently oh. after watch. What a terrible, terrible series, huh? Um not even heard, heard of what's it? What's that called? I think it's the. His, I don't know what it's called. One the of those history, history of, pieces. And they, got, oh my God, those poor women. Hmm. It was a different era. I get it, but yeah. not still. That's that's, uh, that's no excuse. Um, I think it's on A and E. Anyways, um, so I watched. Uh, I sat down and I I, was, I really enjoyed last night. I Had no no local to watch. Mm-hmm. Not that that's heavy lifting. <laughs> right, right. We're
2: not taking ditches. No,
1: there was nit and knew that this probably wouldn't be a big talker on the show. I watched the Jets and the Golden Knights and was thoroughly. I was in my glory. I can't. I don't think I've watched a, an uninterrupted my team playing. Mm-hmm. In a long time, so that was uh, so that was kind of fun. Uh baseball news from yesterday. You won't you won't like it. I know you won't. I do. I think I'm probably in the minority. The ghost runner is going to make another appearance for at least well, no, for this year, and then it's scheduled to end. Because of the doubleheaders? No, the doubleheaders are now not because of shortened spring training, is what they said. Gotcha. Now, I like it. Uh, I know that you're of the opinion that, okay, I let's have best of both worlds if we get through, what did you say, 11 or 12? Yeah, something like that. If it gets through 12, then go ahead and park a ghost runner at second base.
2: Let's get it over with. Even an inning of regular extra innings. So go through 10? Go through 10.
0: You Good know, round number. I could buy number.
2: that, too. One inning of pure baseball, mm-hmm. and then you can go to the ghost runner.
1: I wonder what the—if you were to pull Major League Baseball fans— um, what would what would how would the poll, what would the results be? Because I think it's closer than you think. I know that there's some hardcore, yes. old school. I get it. I used to be one, I've and they're evolved. loud and
2: opinionated. They too. are
1: absolutely. I was one, but you got to evolve. Um, listen to me. <laughs> right. uh, but I think it would be closer than you think
2: as to love hate the Ghost Runner. I liked it more than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. It adds a different nuance to the game. It adds intrigue. It it builds. I just want to see it a little bit later. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it right away. And that's, I guess, my biggest pushback. But overall, the rule, the idea behind it, yeah, I agree. And for those one games that you miss that goes to the 17th inning that happens every five years for your team, and you're you're up until two in the morning, and I enjoy that. Once every five years. Well, because
1: you you've, uh, you you uh, go down a Twitter rabbit hole, and you, t- yeah. you you tweet with a bunch of people It's fun, yeah. going on.
2: Right. And it, what was that? Probably three, four years ago, the Twins had uh-huh. one of those games, and it was just one, a really entertaining night that you don't get very often. But when you're talking in general, an Angels-A's game right. in July, get the thing over with. On the with. West Coast. Right, get the thing over with. Let's go. Right. You know, and if if you have a bet on it, you're staying up trying to watch it, huh. may yeah, Maybe a little bit different when it goes to that realm. But I like the... And especially now that we don't have pitchers hitting anymore. Right. Well, with one exception. You take that element away. And now, it's just a different kind of managerial second-guessing. And I tell you before, I get this question so many times from people during the summer. Boy, how do you guys talk baseball every single day? Watch it. You watch it. (laughs) Yes. Number one, you have to watch Uh it. And secondly, it is really the easiest sport to talk about because the Uh second-guessing that you can have. Every game. Ultimately... Here's a dirty little secret. Ken and I really don't know the X's and O's of football that well. We we can second guess and like we watch a ton of it. Yeah. Right, but in comparison to what NFL coaches are actually doing, we don't know crap. Sure. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Sure, Baseball, though, those arguments, they have merit. You can second guess, too, but you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you have to watch it night in and night out to be able to do that and talk about baseball at that kind of level. So I, I love that part of it, and I guess we at least get that element back a little bit here with the ghost runner at second base.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be a one-year, uh, and then it's going to go away. Doubleheaders are now back to nine innings. Remember the seven-inning doubleheaders mm-hmm. uh, that were part of the baseball landscape over the last two years? That goes away. Speaking of uh, pitchers not hitting, well, there is one, of course, in Otani. And the rule was, in, in the past, if if he left the game, he could no longer hit. Right. Now, he can now slide into the DH role because he's so gifted, right? Why do you want him taken off the field? You don't. You don't. No. Why would baseball want that? Now, maybe the other 29 teams are bitching because they don't have one. (laughs) Right. Um, and, And up until him, you had to go back to, dare I say, Babe Ruth. Probably, I mean, there might have been
2: one or two uh, pitchers that could hit like that on a consistent basis. Like, who is the guy for the Brewers about a decade back? Brooks Kalishik? Remember, he pitched a little and he, he played hit a little. First
1: base. He was down
2: here at Iowa he, State. He was. Uh, uh, Iowa State but with the Iowa Cubs. Brooke Keishnick. Keishnick. That's what it was. Keishnick. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few of those I guys about pop- Brooks Keishnick, but they're rare. Either. Yes, and they're no Shohei Otani. No, not uh-uh. even close. Brooks Kaschnick, good memory
1: on you, T.C. How about that pull? That was a hell of a pull, no doubt about that. So, um... We'll talk some baseball with Bertie and obviously with Cappy, but that's the latest. As I guess they, they uh, the, the agreement was uh, ratified um, officially yesterday. Uh, by the way, at The Athletic, and I know you're a fan of the Minnesota Twins, there is a great, great piece on the Carlos Correa signing and how it came together and when it came together and the principles that were involved. Um, it, it really uh, moved the needle baseball-wise. Surprised so many people, but boy, oh boy, Trent, it's a good read. And it leads me to believe, yes, that in all likelihood, this is a one-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I read this thing, and maybe it's a glimmer of hope. He loves the Twin Cities, apparently. He likes a lot of things. You mentioned the Juicy Lucy. <laughs> nice. Have you had one? Oh, I have. Are they that good?
2: They're delicious. Are they really? They're really See, good. I don't like cheese on my burgers anyway. What a weirdo you are. Yeah. No, no. cheese on your hamburger? I don't need
1: the extra calories. What?
2: You're a skinny guy. You'll be fine. Put a little cheese out there. You'll be all right. I just don't like a burger with cheese on it, anyways. That is
1: odd. So, what do you put on a burger? Pickles, uh, ketchup, and uh, mustard. That's it. Very yeah. simple. Simple. Dill. Dill hamburger. Uh, pickles. Yeah. Out the door. Uh, Hawaiian bun, toasted. All right. Mm, farting and high cotton. Boy, <laughs> Look at you over good. there. No cheese. No cheese. No cheese. Uh, then liked... you
2: probably would not like a Juicy Lucy. No,
1: I don't think you would. He, I would. He loves to, He loves the, the batter's eye. Uh, he had
2: one more um, in, in the I love Minneapolis column. So maybe. Offensively, this team is stout. Mm-hmm. They're going to be really good. They're going to swing it with anybody in baseball. And they've been built that way now for the last half decade. The question becomes pitching. Sonny Gray. I think you're more excited about him than I am. Well, I've seen some really good. Now, again, it depends what time, which, which every
1: five days you watch. Right. right? There's good and bad. I don't like him at the top of the rotation. Mm-hmm. And as it sits here today, is he? He is. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's an ace. Right. But if you if you found a way and it's after we're two weeks from tomorrow for the start of the season, probably easier said than done to find a couple of guys that could not, uh, move him down a notch or two uh, in in this amongst the starters, uh, he'd be okay.
2: But he's better than what you had. Well, yes, yeah. Dobnik is on the 60-day deal. That's not going to happen. And he was a best-of-fifth starter type of guy. Right. They need another arm. Yes. I wanted to see Pineda come back on a one-year deal. He goes to the Tigers. And we'll see what he's got left in the tank. But I like Big Mike. He mm-hmm. was... He's a bulldog. I like that kind Mm -hmm. of guy there. They got to hope. And and this is something that Falvey and Levine, well, what they did in their prior stops in both Texas and Cleveland, respectively, is they built up with the draft and through free agency and building up a young core. And they feel like they're on the precipice of these young guys starting to really break through in the staff. If you could hit on two of them, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: a really good bullpen arm and a starter that is at least a consistent number 4, you feel good because the White Sox, I understand they're the favorite. They ran away with it last year. How much better are they than the Twins? I mean, as the division prices says, certainly they're the well, favorite. I kind of, Ryan Fagan from the Sporting
1: News who joined us uh, gave us a uh, look out for the Tigers yesterday. Yes. And I, I did a little look. Uh, I went home and looked into them a little bit. I can see why he's, um, why he's you know making that forecast. By the way, I watched the Royals yesterday.
2: I did too, Virginia. yeah. It's good to see. It's just great to see baseball. I like that lineup. Not bad. 76 and a half the number. Yeah, I took the over as I was they'll watching They'll win more games one. than that. Is
1: it, uh, see, I thought it was in the lower 70s. It's 76 and a half. That seems like a good number.
2: They're going to flirt with 500. I think so. The Tigers are going to flirt with 500. I, but I agree with you. The Twins are going to be a tick better. And last year, remember the White Sox. They won all those games. Everybody in the division sucked outside of the Tigers right, in the right. second half of the year. right. They're beating up on bad teams, and I think. So, what's their total? Are you looking under for the White Sox? Maybe eighty nine and a half. That's nah, not too. If it was in the nineties, I just right. And I think there was a ninety and a half, and uh-huh. this would be one. We tell you all the time: shop around. Yep. Shop around because the division's going to be better this year. They're not going to mm-hmm. run away with it when like they did a season ago. I don't think. And though the White Sox might be a better team mm-hmm. than they were a year ago. I don't know if that's going to show up in the win total for in this season. No,
1: I, I can I can understand that. All right, let's uh, let's get to basketball. We well one more night to, before we get back into the Sweet Sixteen. Boy, I missed it. I, I couldn't get into the NIT trend. I, I just know. couldn't pull the trigger. Understandable. Yeah, after what we watched this uh, th- those last four days. Do you have an upset? Are you, are you looking at some uh, at a game, whether it be Thursday or Friday, that you think, you know what, I don't understand why this team is favored, or I get why this team is favored,
2: but the wrong team is favored. This team is going to win. Do you have one of those? Yeah, Iowa State. And this is not being local guy talking about Iowa State. It's, it's Iowa State. When you look at all these matchups, I understand how each and every one of them, the other seven games, why the team is favored. You can argue one side or the other. Gonzaga has not looked great. They survived the first two rounds. Musselman will have a great Yeah, they didn't scheme. cover either one of them. No. Now, Arkansas survived themselves in two games, but here mm-hmm. they are. All right, but you get that. And the, they're well, favored by what? Nine and a half. You get that. It's Gonzaga. Yeah. Makes do you think sense. they cover? I don't. No. I don't think they do. I think they win. Arkansas's got to play better than they have, though, uh-huh. to cover that number. Michigan, five. Yes, Musselman can coach. Yeah, I get that. Villanova should be favored about five against Michigan. We'll see. My my concern with Michigan is how are they going to defend on the perimeter mm-hmm. against that team and all the switching with the bigs that they have. Are they going to be able to get enough stops? Duke, Texas Tech, yeah, it's a toss-up, makes sense. Arizona. Are you pulling for... Is there anything inside you that says, <laughs> no. you know what, I like this Shershevsky score. No, no, Been no. around
1: a long time. He's one of the greats in the game. It'd be nice to see him go out as a winner.
2: No, I want that Nor rat to lose <laughs> on Thursday. I yeah. want it to end as quickly as possible. I want Michigan State to beat him. I wanted them to lose in the first round. Yeah. No, get the rat it's out It's like of it. rooting for the Yankees, right? Just can't do it. Right? Just absolutely can't do it. Uh, so you go through all the other games. They make sense. At least the point spread. Why is Iowa State a dog here? Because they can't score? Okay. Okay. That's fair. I guess that's fair. mm -hmm. Is because of the offensive issues there. Because Miami knocked off a two? Yeah. They beat a three. Yeah, they did. And they did it in their backyard. Mm -hmm. That's true. Miami didn't have to deal with that at the same level Mm -hmm. that Iowa State did. I think Iowa State should be favored. And I jumped on it. It's up to two and a half now. And this thing keeps creeping higher and higher. Does this thing get to three? I tip off tomorrow night, or Friday night. Well, if
1: you're betting Iowa State, I hope for your sake it right. does.
2: Yeah, I'd wait as long as possible. Uh-huh. And if you see some buyback, then maybe jump, yeah, on. jump on it Right uh, when it starts to move there. But that's the one that I can't understand why that team is favored over that team. I, I'd make it a pick em, maybe. I don't know. Miami, they're getting a ton of money, too. I saw that early in the week. Uh, it, it's, it's been all they hurricanes. They've got
1: really good guards. They've got yeah. really good guards, and, and they can score. What about K- uh, Kansas? Are they in trouble? <clears throat>
2: I don't think so. Okay, Remy Martin. Has he's a changed, difference maker, Trent. He's changed the mm-hmm. complexion of this team so much. See, I've, if you have watched a Kansas game this year, I mean,
1: I must have because I back in November instantly opened my app. It was after eight thirty and bet them. But my, my question for, if you, do you recall watching the Kansas game? And oh my God, this team is good.
2: No, this team is unbeatable. Who's going to beat them? I don't remember thinking that. The win that they had, game one against Michigan State. We've seen so many ISO teams mm-hmm. slow. They're slow to get out. Absolutely, and, and you just kind of say, "We'll see." Mm-hmm. You know, that might have been the night I think. I think it was. Yes, they they were in the same tournament that uh, Drake was in down in uh, Orlando, right? And they lost to Dayton. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, well, how good are they? Mm-hmm. Beating Missouri that means nothing. No, there was really never a time that the escape against Iowa State and through and through and through. They're good. They're Kansas good. They're Bill Self good. Right. But they're not elite. See, I don't think there's... there's. Uh,
1: he's had better teams. But um, Remy Martin
2: has he's changed He's a difference that. maker. Yes.
1: He's an absolute difference maker. He can create his own shot, and he did a whole bunch over the weekend. I think Arizona gets beat. I know you said earlier in the week that you thought that might have been their scare, right? The wake-up call. Yeah.
2: yeah um, Everybody has one. Well,
1: Gonzaga had one. Yeah. Uh had a couple. Well, n- not the entire game, but Georgia State pushed them, if you recall, for mm-hmm. the first, what, 25 minutes? Or whatever it was at that game. The way Houston guards you, I think Arizona's
2: on upset alert. Mm. I, I still struggle with this Houston team. They lost two of their top six players. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I keep coming back to. Kelvin Sampson's a good coach. He is. I, I loved uh, when they did the, the interview during the Illinois game. And he said, "Yeah, well, well, we played the last game on Friday night, and here we are playing the first one Sunday. He just yeah. he knows how to push the right buttons. Uh-huh. He knows how to motivate. They're tough. They're physical. Can they score with Arizona, though? Because Arizona's yep. still going to get points. Mm-hmm. Look at that TCU game. TCU was throttling them and physical with them. And Arizona st- still scored, what was it, 77 in regulation before overtime? Yep. You're going to have to score to beat Arizona. I'm not sure Houston could do that. Um if you could only watch one in the, in the Iowa State the Iowa State game, of course take that side of the okay. equation. What other than that game, which game are you looking most forward to? Put it that way. It is eight thirty nine on Friday night. Unfortunately it'll be up against the Iowa State Miami game. UCLA North Carolina. Oh, that's a good one. Blue Bloods. Yeah, it's a good one. Two teams playing well. Yeah. We'll see Hakez how healthy mm-hmm. he's going to be. But North Carolina, what they did. Brady Manick will not be ejected. No. He will be in there. He's shooting the ball as well as anybody in college basketball right now. North Carolina, UCLA, it's a Jersey game. It's an intriguing matchup. Mm-hmm. It feels like a coin flip. You can make a compelling argument on each side of it. That's the one for me. See, I'll go to the, that same window, but the day before. Texas Tech-Dukes got
1: my attention. I like this Texas. I like Mark Adams. I do, too. Hard to root against him, right? Yep. Um yeah, that's going to be good. Oh, we uh, We get to watch all of them though. Yes, indeed we do. All right, we get to hear from Tommy Birch next. That sounds good. It does to me too. We will uh, talk to Birchy about the Iowa State women. They find themselves in the Sweet 16. They will play Creighton 8:30 on Friday night. We'll do some baseball with Birchy as well. If you're a hockey fan, I think you're going to enjoy the 1045 segment. Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Minnesota Wild, is going to join us uh, as we will talk Minnesota Wild and NHL as they move toward uh, the end of their regular season. About 18 games left, roughly, for, for most everybody. But uh, Minnesota Wild, they got a lot better on trade deadline day. Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460. KXNL. At 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Hillary Kahn in Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon. Joe O'Donnell, the voice. Of the Minnesota Wild will join us to do a hockey segment with our buddy Joe Oh, Coming up here in about 15 minutes right now, Tommy Birch as he gets set to, well, he's not on his way to the airport yet, but will be boarding a plane and heading to the Sweet 16 to cover Bill Fennelly's Iowa State uh, Cyclones. The ladies will take on Creighton. Hello, Tommy Birch. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm, I'm looking forward to head to Greensboro. I was on Trent, I, I hear it's lovely this time of year.
1: Well, I, I've never been, so I, I, I assume it is. I uh, hear good things about it. Before we get into that, congratulations are in order. You are a married man, Tommy Birch. You and Allison tied the knot. And I believe if I was following your Twitter account correctly that day, you romantic you, you started your wedding day at Waveland Cafe.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where we decided. You know, she uh, she is in nursing school and she works part-time at a hospital right now. And uh, last week, she was on spring break and had the day off, too. And I had the 9 p.m. tip-off that night. And after we dropped off our son, Bodie, at daycare, we went out to breakfast. And um, kind of at the end of the meal, she was like, you know, we should just go to the courthouse and get married. <laughs> and so it was her idea. And I was like, great, uh, yeah, I, I've got some time. And it's funny, like, it was so unplanned that, you know, we we're, as we're kind of you know thinking about it and figuring out okay we're gonna need some witnesses and stuff like that i actually called alex cohen from the iowa cubs and (laughs) Colin Connolly, the media relations uh director there i knew they would both be at the ballpark and i knew that the ballpark was really close by so those guys ended up coming and being our witnesses and cohen i didn't know this could actually officiate so he kind of Officiate, quote unquote, officiated the wedding, and (laughs) it was it, it was quite the day.
1: right out of a romance novel. It truly is. Fabio on the cover playing. Oh, good stuff. Well, congratulations, Tommy. All kidding aside. uh, Happy for you uh, uh, without a doubt. So, uh, off you go. You know what, Tommy, when I, and I'm late to the sport, as you know, I'm um, you know, we we, cursory glance type of thing, because it is, there's no doubt it is growing in popularity. I mean, not a shadow of a doubt uh, what this, how, uh, and it's remarkable how the women's game is growing, and it's good to see. You know what else me Tommy when I do tune in though it's way more physical than I thought it ever would be I mean it really is isn't it
0: yeah especially when when you get the right teams and the right matchups and that's kind of been the biggest bugaboo for Iowa State this season but yeah when when you see some of these games you know especially the Texases the Baylors and um, even Iowa State's last opponent, Georgia, I mean, yeah, they they can get really physical, really intense, and really, um, really intense games, and I think that's really fun, and I think that's part of the reason why the game has grown so much also because you have some really elite, marketable players like Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. and Ashley Jones and, and a, a lot of other players that I think everybody just wants to tune in and watch and 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 some of those players are just kind of becoming must see action when I when it comes to sports.
2: You look at the Creighton game; they pull the upset against Iowa, but Iowa State—they're well, a favorite. They're favored by five and a half. I think they're going to roll in this one. It just—it feels like set up. Unless they allow this game to be really physical, it's difficult to see Creighton staying with Iowa State. And then, if seating plays out, you're looking at South Carolina, Tommy. I don't know if you've looked ahead, but watching this South Carolina team, number one for a lot of the season. They certainly don't look invincible right now. They don't look like the team they did at parts of the season. It almost feels like this region feels a lot more gettable for the Cyclones than it did just a week ago.
0: Yeah, the draw actually worked out really well for for Iowa State. I think when I originally looked at it and I saw Iowa kind of looming there in the Sweet 16, that's where I thought the hiccup could come. And I think obviously i wish they got some help with creating taking down the hawkeyes even though i State beat be iowa earlier this year i just thought man that was going to be a matchup that was going to be really difficult for one the physicality of iowa hawkeyes and two just how far i was come since that last matchup uh when they both played in home coliseum earlier this year but um Yeah, I mean, look, the way Iowa State played against Georgia, where they were hitting shots, they were getting stops early on defense, you know, that was as good as we probably have seen Iowa State play um, in a month or two. And if that team shows up, I I don't know if there is a team out there that, uh, that Iowa State can't compete with, especially, like you had said, the South Carolina team that is really good, really dominant, but also, I think in a lot of ways, really vulnerable, especially to a team like Iowa State. That when they get shooting and, and they start hitting shots, like man, they they fall at a historic rate.
1: Hmm. Tommy, we know that the uh, the, the Big Twelve uh, on the men's side was the best conference in college basketball. Was that similar case uh, w- with the women?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it was a really good conference. Obviously, you had uh, Baylor doing what it's doing, but. Um, yeah, Texas still emerging as a really good team, Iowa State. I, I don't want to say that Iowa State was kind of a surprise team in the Big 12 because, look, they were picked to finish second in the Big 12, and that's where they did. They, they were actually picked to finish tied with Texas. Um, but I think the, the overall level of success of what Iowa State did in the non-con season, what Iowa State's doing in the NCAA tournament, has has kind of elevated them much more. But you look at the profile of the league and where it could be headed, Like man, there are some really good teams in this league, not just Iowa State, Baylor, in Texas, what Jenny Brancic is doing at Oklahoma. I mean, she turned that team around fast, where they instantly became a, a, a contender to compete for a Big 12 title this year. They're going to be a team that's going to cause people a lot of problems for a long time. Uh, even Kansas made some waves. So um, in the past, this has been a league that's been completely dominated by Baylor. And even though Baylor won the, the regular season conference crown, I think the way you look at it moving forward is there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to keep be competing um, with the Bears for that regular season title. And a lot of teams have a possibility to go deep in the in the tournament, in in the years moving forward.
2: So, Birchie, we know Ashley Jones, we know Lexi Donarski, Emily Ryan, what she's done at point guard. Those are kind of the headliners, if you will. Who is a, a next-tier type of player that could be the difference if this team is going to make a push and, and give South Carolina a shot in the Elite Eight? Who is a player, too, that we should keep an eye on outside of the big three?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Nightmare Dew has kind of been you know the X Factor when it comes to Iowa State. She actually broke her nose in the, huh. the Georgia game, but she's going to be playing uh, Friday night with one of those. masks. Morgan Kane has been a uh, a, a really good contributor, but look, you know, when it comes to Iowa State, it's how those three end up doing. And if they can get low production off the bench, that's good. Usually, they manage to find it from somebody, maybe even a Maggie Espinel or McGraw, who's been really good at times, but. This team pretty much goes by how those three do. I mean, you look at the UT Arlington game. I mean, they scored seventy of Iowa state seventy-eight points. Now, <laughs> moving forward, that can't happen. You got to have at least one or two other people to kind of step up and maybe have eight, ten points. Maybe not uh, giant contributors, but um, it's going to be those three and then possibly one of those other names I, I mentioned. But um, usually on every night, it's been somebody somebody different, and usually when it comes to those big three, you know, you have two of them just absolutely going off, and and uh, that's what happened, I, I think, in the Georgia game too. Well, Tommy, uh, enjoy
1: uh, enjoy the trip. Um, I think you're probably going to be there for a couple of days, which would be good for Iowa State and their fan base. Remarkable, Tommy. How many people are are, are gravitating to that game? Uh, again, good to see you. Also, be covering baseball this year. You'll be down at Principal Park. Um, just uh, what what do we, will we see that's going to make its way to Major League Baseball? Were there any rule changes that we that you will see, or folks that uh, you know that watch AAA baseball will see in person? Prior to get into the majors next year or was that further down the minor league chain?
0: Further down the minor league chain, but you are gonna see in Triple H just not in the Iowa Cubs league, where they're they're gonna have the the uh the robot umpires behind home plate. Now the idea is that's gonna be taking place I believe the first half of the triple A season. I could realistically see something happening where Um, It goes really well during the first half of the season. Them saying, okay, let's go ahead and try it Uh, in the international league, which now the league that the Iowa Cubs are a part of, no longer a part of the Pacific coast league. So that's something I would keep on my radar, but otherwise if you're going to Cedar Rapids. You're going to the quad cities. You're going to see some, um, some different things there, but, um, Man, it should be an interesting summer if you're going down to Principal Park because for, for the first time in man, maybe one or two years, I, well, definitely at least two years because we didn't have minor league baseball in 2020, I think uh, you've got a chance to see some, some legitimate uh, big league prospects with the Cubs making their way through. Definitely Brennan Davis, who mm-hmm. who is somebody that everybody has their, their eyes on. Right no,
1: now. No chance he starts with the big club, Tommy?
0: I don't think so. I think he's still too inexperienced. Be, you know, he's the guy who, who's dealt with some injuries. He only got a cup of coffee, essentially, in AAA last season, was kind of running on fumes. I think in especially what happened the other day, got hit by a pitch in the knee. He's going to be out for a day or two. It sounds like it's essentially day-to-day. But I think, look, there's already a logjam of outfielders in Chicago with what they have up there. And I think they wanna get him experienced. There's no rush to get him to the big leagues right now and get him to to really face a lot of triple A pitching because, you know, look, the difference in double A pitching and triple A pitching is is monumental. And I think they want him to to spend some time in Des Moines, maybe struggle a little, see how he does, rebound from that, get in a groove and then you know, who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, maybe sometime this season, they give they give him uh, a look in Chicago.
2: Birchie, the Twins got Carlos Correa. <laughs> I know you were smiling as I was as that came uh, out this Twitter sphere on well, early Saturday morning, depending on what time you were up. Berce, what does that mean? Is the eighteen game playoff win streak gonna finally at least come to a close?
0: I wouldn't bet on it at this point. I have absolutely no faith. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think it's a good signing for all parties involved. One, uh, Correa uh, gets some money, gets a new, gets a, a good opportunity, he gets a really good contract with all those opt outs. I think for the Twins, they get somebody to fill a massive void that they had at shortstop, and hopefully, kind of keep keep the seat warm for whenever Royce Lewis is is ready to to take over that job, but. I think as soon as I saw the deal, as soon as I saw the opt-outs, my first thought is Carlos Correa is going to be a twin for one year at the mm-hmm. most. And, and um, you know, the the way I look at the deal is it's a chance for him to to kind of step away from this giant free agent class that was full of some really good infielders. It gives him a chance to go into a full off season without lockouts. And, and, and really, truly test those free agent waters. And I think it kind of allows him to get away from Houston and maybe that image that's kind Good of point. Uh, following him around as well. Where Look, he goes to Minnesota. He's a really, you know, he's in a really safe place. He goes, rakes, plays great defense, and suddenly he's going to be the last name on the free agent market if he decides to opt out. So it's potentially a win-win situation for both teams.
1: Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, off to Greensboro to cover the Iowa State women. And before he does so, jumps on that plane, he gives us a few minutes. Birchie, thank you. Uh, Great talking to you, Tommy. Thanks. We'll do it again soon, okay?
0: Great to hear from you, guys.
1: Take care. Good to hear from you. Congratulations, Tommy Birch. Uh, congratulations on the nuptials. Yes, absolutely. That was good to see. You. Romantic, Tommy started off at a Waveland Cafe <laughs> and
2: uses Iowa Cub connections That's to get great. a couple of people over there.
1: Oh, good stuff. All right, uh, Joe O'Donnell, the voice, radio voice, of the Minnesota Wild, twenty-two to one at DraftKings. Jump on board. <laughs> Look at you. I'm telling you, they're Look. legit. They'll give you a run for your money. Now, I know that, that Colorado, in all likelihood, awaits in round mm-hmm. two. And that's not going to be easy. But if you get through that, you're sailing. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. one oh six point
3: eight hundred bets off.
1: All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. David Kaplan. Uh, he will be at the bottom of the next hour from Chicago right now. Uh, Joe O'Donnell is the voice of the Minnesota Wild. You remember him from his time here in Des Moines. He's actually in Des Moines this week with the family. Good to see. He gets a little respite in the middle of the season, uh, and Joe joins us. Joe, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Joe O'Donnell. How are things?
3: Uh, doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Listen, I appreciate talking to you because I watched uh, the, um, I saw the trade deadline and all the, because it's such a fun trade deadline, right? There's so many moves, uh, transactions being made and I saw Marc-Andre Fleury, who's won three Stanley Cups, come over to play goal. Um, and then I saw Nicholas Delorier, who is exactly in my opinion what this team needs. Now Felino gets to be Felino the player and doesn't have to stick up for everybody because he really needed uh, and filled that role. And then Jacob Middleton, who's a big defenseman and He's a no-nonsense defenseman and can handle himself and can come to the aid of his teammates. Joe, I said it on the air yesterday, and I fully believe this, that this team got so much better, better than anybody else's trade deadline, and to me, this has the look of a legitimate Stanley Cup contender.
3: I agree, Kenny. Uh, Very well said, Um, and let's not forget Tyson Jost acquired a few days prior that is a former 10th overall pick. They got him from Colorado in exchange for Iowa Wild alum Nico Sturm. And uh, he's a guy that I, I believe the Minnesota staff feels like can help them offensively as well. He just maybe hasn't gotten the chance because he's playing for such a good avalanche team the last couple of years to show what he can do offensively. So he can kill penalties. Um, he plays a little bit of grit to his game and he's under contract next year as well. So it was a big win for the Wild. Uh, but yeah, I think you summed up deadline deal very well. There were a ton of moves made. But I think a lot of people nationally were probably talking about the Minnesota Wild because of the ability to bring in a guy like Flurry. Um, on top of that, DeLaurier, who scored in his Wild debut right. the other night against Vegas and was you know, throwing thunderous checks all over the ice. So I, I think they did exactly what you said, which is they got, they got better really in every spot. They added a little bit more size and a little bit more grit, a little bit more of that playoff mentality at both the forward and defensive spots. And then they got a guy with a hell of a resume, a Hall of Fame goaltender, to go along with Cam Talbot. And now you have one of the best 1-2 or 1A, 1B pairings in the NHL.
2: It's Minnesota sports, and that's where <laughs> I go, to, Joe, uh, you know it incredibly well. Six consecutive playoff series losses for them. The Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. Vikings haven't been to a Super Bowl since the 70s, and when they got there, they're 0-4. <laughs> and you got the T-Wolves, who advanced once ever in the playoffs. So not a whole lot of history there. Why is it different? And as the fan base, do they feel that this is going to be different?
3: Uh, It's funny you say that, Trent, because a lot of times when I talk to the locals, um, they will often refer back to what you just referred to, (laughs) which is, well, we get our hearts broken all the time. And as a guy that grew up outside of Philadelphia, I can certainly appreciate that. Uh, We don't do a whole lot of winning there historically either, but... um, how do you lose eighteen straight playoff games that's right <laughs> figure out for uh, anyway I think it will be different and it might not even be this year, but i just I believe in what Bill Guerin is building. I believe in the culture he has put in place he has made hard decisions he has shown the brass you know what to make the decisions that um needed to be made to change the culture of the organization and you can say what you want about talent and work ethic and all those. All those things. If you don't have the right mix, uh, especially in hockey, from the coaching staff through your leadership to your young guys contributing to the guy between the pipes, um, you're not going to be able to get it done over, you know that that grind that is not only the regular season but the long, long Stanley Cup playoffs. And the one thing that Wild have not deviated from all year is that locker room makeup, and the guys they've added are all, by all accounts unbelievable people and Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the most well-liked guys in the entire NHL so they didn't rock the boat and making deadline deals, and I really like that part of the process and the plan from Bill Gary
1: You can ride a hot goalie, and he's certainly been that throughout his his, his career, as you mentioned. He's going to retire and walk right into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, which I know you just visited because I followed you vicariously through your Twitter feed. Such a special place to get to. Look, you got a tr- you got a true superstar in Kaprizov. Zuccarello is way better than a player than I thought he was. He's so gifted and reads the ice so well. Hartman, uh, Marcus Foligno, now that gets to play the role that he should along with uh, e- uh, e- Erickson Eck and Jordan Greenway who I wasn't sure he was going to develop into the player he's become he gets better I don't know where they're I don't know where you would attack this wild team I really don't I think they've got everything I understand Colorado is a special special club but man for for my money I just think that the wild have as good a chance as anybody Joe
3: I think you're right. Um, you know, the special teams have to improve, and, and that doesn't mean they have to be unworldly. They just can't lose you a game or two, and they certainly at, at times need to chip in and win you a game or two. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to come down to, I think. If you get the goaltending you think you're going to get from either Flurry or Talbot, and I'm not so convinced it's one or the other right now. I mean, yeah, Talbot's you know, good. you play whoever. Yeah, I mean, he's won his last six decisions. They haven't all been pretty. But the bottom line is they've won those games. So the Wilders starting to play better. They had a, obviously a, a, by their standards, a major funk after the All Star break. Uh, but looking to go, I think it'll be six one and one in their last eight if they can beat Vancouver tomorrow night at home. So they're playing better. They seem to have their swagger back. The pieces they've added to the locker room seem to be fitting in nicely in the early going. So you're right, Kenny. They're as deep as they're as deep as they get in the NHL. I mean, and that was. That's what carried them through the first part of the season was the fact that the fourth line was contributing. Then Matt Boldy came in and gave him a shot in the arm. And they just have a lot of skill, a lot of physicality, that right dynamic. Um, you know, could you say that their 5-6 D pairing maybe aren't as good as some around the NHL? Sure, but we saw the Blackhawks not too long ago win a Stanley Cup with basically three defensemen on the ice. <laughs> uh, and Keith Seabrook and Jarl Merson. Everybody else that played was just like a... Just give us 8 to 10 minutes. These nope. guys are going to eat up almost 30 minutes a night. So there are teams out there that have made it work without the perfect balance. Um, yeah, and I, I think you're right. The Wild have as good a chance as anybody, especially in the West, to, to get to the Stanley Cup final.
2: All right, Joe. Personal here. You got the call. You got the call up. You're in the big leagues now. You got to call some games the last couple of years, but is there everything you dreamed of? How's it been your number one as a full-time now NHL broadcaster?
3: it's been awesome. Uh, I appreciate you asking. It's the job part of it, you know, calling games. This is what I worked hard for. Um, spent the 16 years in the minors trying to get to, and from that standpoint, it's been 100% everything I could have thought it was. The travel, the accommodations, the meals, the talent on the ice, the rinks, I mean, the fan bases, you know, when those buildings get, mm. get going, you know, or to silence a crowd of <laughs> 17, 18 thousand on the road with an overtime winner—like those are, those are the fun parts of my job. That's why, um, you know, like I said, I was calling games for so long because that—that was my passion. So yeah, that that part of it's been awesome, and the teams made it so easy. They're such a fun group uh, to be around, and then to broadcast. Their- um, you know they score a ton of goals, so that that, that part's been awesome from a broadcast standpoint. It's just, it's just a fun team.
1: I'm anxious to uh, to see your Twitter feed when you get to Montreal because I think they're are they full capacity? Do you know now? Because it's such a special place to watch a hockey game, Joe. I know you're um, there during the week. Uh, it's too bad yeah. you're not there on the weekend, but it's such cr- it's such a great environment.
3: I know. I'm really looking forward to that one, Kenny. And I think you know if they're not at full capacity now, hopefully in the next couple weeks they get there. I mean, Canada's been a different kind of yeah. beast during this whole last couple of years. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. And then we we have two trips to Nashville coming up and maybe oh. a playoff date with them as well. So I've heard a lot of good things about that city. Yeah,
1: indeed. Uh, and Delorier <laughs> and genot, that, that's uh, that's got a chance to be special. Because this Tanner genot kid, he's he's yeah. got some game. And I think it's those two that lead the league in the amount of fights that they've had. And this is what the Wild lacked, Joe. They didn't have anybody. of well, that Foligno, but he can't do it all. But now he doesn't yeah. have to do it all. Um Is when yep. is, when you look at the West, other than Colorado, they're clearly a really good team. Is Calgary that next tier, or have you guys supplanted them now?
3: I mean, I think Calgary is still a team you have to look at as trying to knock off. the Handily took care of the Wild in both meetings of the season series. Now, you have to kind of put a little asterisk there because the Wild were admittedly at their worst, and Calgary was probably playing its best hockey of the season, and they played them twice in like four days. Right. And neither was particularly close when it was all said and done, um, at least on the scoreboard. So, yeah, there's there's definitely that Calgary flame blooming out there. And at the same time, you know, you might be ahead of St. Louis in the standings or Dallas in the standings, but the wild have had their struggles against those two teams. And I think some of it has been, and I don't know this for sure, but probably physicality. Mm -hmm. And now when you add DeLaurier and you add Middleton, you know, who might not play a ton, but could be used in those types of roles. And Tyson Jones, like I said, has a little, little grit to his game. I think all of a sudden you've, leveled the playing field with some of those teams that maybe have given you trouble in the past
1: Joe, we will uh, talk to you, I think it's going to be a long playoff run, I don't think you're, I think you're going to be working until late May, hopefully for your sake into June, hopefully for our sake into June, Yes, (laughs) because it'll be a good talker, thank you Joe O'Donnell congratulations on your success and as we said, your team that you cover and you call games for, I think got a whole lot better on Monday, Joe O'Donnell, good to catch up with you
3: Yep, thanks guys. Take care anytime.
1: Good to talk to you. Joe Donald, voice of the Minnesota Wild, as we wrap up our number one. All right, Big 12 conversation Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports, and Cappy at 1130, Miller and Condon, 106.3, KXNL.